Welcome, everyone. Welcome to We Earth Radio. I'm your host, Michael Stone, and I am so excited to have my friend Courtney Wren Mabbitt here. Uh, she is a medicine woman, experiential mystic therapist, and her master's is in social work. She's a somatic experiencing practitioner, has training in pre and perinatal work, work and is a family constellation facilitator. She also has training in shamanism, energy work, ceremony, and ritual. And I know from working with her, she creates beautiful safe spaces for transformational experiences of embodied relational healing with life and the divine. She lives in the Slocan Valley in British Columbia near Nelson and is in a conscious partnership and motherhood with how old is, is Cedar Bear? <laughs> He's at 13 months old. 13, 13 months, months old. And she yeah. loves the wilderness and how and to play. Well, you've got a wonderful playmate there. Yeah. So yeah, it's so good to have you on, Courtney. I've been really looking forward to this. And you know, um, we were talking a little bit earlier about uh relationships, and both of us have been done doing teachings around um relational intimacy. And I, I'm often think back to I don't know if you remember the riots in Southern California and Rodney King, but uh, it was a black man who had been, you know, beaten up and he made this statement, why can't we just get along? And I, I, I thought that was a profound statement and people made fun of him and said, well, how naive is that, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, when I look at the state of the world, every single issue in the world from climate change to war to racism enslavement you name it at the heart of that is a relational issue a sense of being separate so uh yeah so let's let's talk about this thing we call relationship and how you approach the healing of relational wounding yeah Ah, this is, I'm, I'm remembering that that's how you and I connected was when we first met was our passion for this place, like the, our passion for the relational, but the relational in the collective. So sort of like the way that the intimate, like me and you in this moment connection is mirrored and reflected in the collective energies that are playing out. And I know for me, like, you know, I remember being a little girl and a tree, like I connected deeply with a tree and it told me that my Dharma, it said, you know, um, you're here to help um, people remember connection. And I felt it through my whole body. I was about seven and it feels like my path has just been like that journey. And of course that means healing it in myself and traversing these places <laughs> in myself and then working as a guide, a support, uh, um, a, someone to be present with, to support people in healing this space. And, you know, for me, I really, I, I love what Thomas Hubel says where he speaks to, you know, so many of the issues on the planet, they're actually relational issues. And, and thank you for naming that, Michael. And so, you know, it's interesting because initially in my career, I started off as a social worker, um, having that social worker hat, which was really looking at systems and structures and the way that our things are set up that are like um, creating, you know, um, the struggle. And then as I worked with that and I like distilled down, it was like, oh, 
the space between you and I, like this is this, you know, like the space between you and I. And now I just feel so passionate about supporting people in traversing that space, you know, and whether that looks like in my work, um, working one-on-one with somebody where we're actually navigating that space together or with couples. So I do couples work where we're, I'm supporting that, traversing that place and, and, and building that, that relational we space. Um, or I also do the constellations work, which is then kind of moving into the systems and the way that systems work. And what I find so fascinating is how much of the history or the origin of things from, you know, the planet, the morphogenic field, the quantum field, all the information of all of time is held in these spaces between us. You know, it's like how many ancestors are sitting here with me right now and how many ancestors are sitting here with you and all the stories that we don't even know, but that are here and that are speaking and that are alive in our bodies. And I find that so fascinating and important work to bring awareness to and then also to support people to learn and work with how to actually work with that in our daily lives. And how do we how do we start to turn towards this this reality of our humanness, but also like bring in that divine miracle energy that can hold all of this and can also support us to shift and heal and transmute and and move more into energies that are supportive for connection. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, the um, like you said, the ancestors and all the history is all in our body and our blood and our bones anyway. But this 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 uh, sense of separation is really a trauma response. We we aren't separate. Um, We create separation. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it looks like, well, you're here on the video and you're also in the Nelson area. I'm here in California. And it feels like, oh, there, well, obviously there's a separation, but in a very real, perhaps more real sense, you're over here in my nervous system. And my mm-hmm. capacity to know you is the circumference of what I can experience in my nervous system about you. And I'm over there in your nervous system. So here we have these two nervous systems that mm-hmm. are available, but they're not connected through trauma, through overwhelming experience. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be good if we talked a little bit about how it starts, you know, mm-hmm. at the very beginning, because this, this uh, even in utero, but in, in besides the ancestral part, but this, this uh, early attachment, the whole area yes. of how we attach, because we're not turtles, you know? Yeah. We're, we're not reptiles. Now, turtles, I, I love turtles, and I spent many times putting them in the ocean when mm-hmm. I visited places when they were hatching, uh, uh-huh. which is really exciting. But in turtles, they the eggs get laid, and then you're on your own, run for the ocean. And one in 10,000 actually ends up alive by the time they got there. But with mammals, we have to have nurturing of a an an adult to Mm -hmm. we can't regulate ourselves if we don't first co-regulate with 
um, and, and, and that we're felt and we're seen, we're soothed, mm -hmm. we're heard, we're protected. And uh, that's where a lot of trouble starts. So let's talk about that early attachment styles and the way that we be form our personality and our separation. Yes, it's my favorite place to hang out <laughs> in this, in this place. Um, I'm actually putting on a womb constellation retreat um, in April because I'm just excited to just focus on this, like this, like what you're speaking to, this beginning place. And, you know, before you'd even brought that up, I was already feeling like, oh, like, let's speak to this piece. Like when we talk about separation and we think about, you know, when uh, when we are a little, you know, um, embryo and we journey down the fallopian tube, the first moment that we come into physiological contact with another being is when we implant into our mother's womb. And it's so fascinating how much of our relational templating that plays out in our life is literally based on what it felt like when we came into contact with her. And one of the pieces that is really alive in this place of separation that can happen is something in the pre and perinatal world that we call, they call the double bind. And the double bind is um, a, a felt sense in the body of not being able to have both connection and self. So, you know, ideally what we want is when we come into connection with our mom's womb, there's a sense of uh, connection, there's a sense of welcome, there's a sense of resource, and there's a sense of being connected to our own life energy, like that our own life energy is there and we feel our mother. And there's this feeling of, I can have my life energy and I can have my mother. But if there's traumas, distortions, if mom's frozen, if she's overwhelmed, if there's not safety in the field, if she has relational trauma, so there isn't a sense of welcome, um, or maybe the other one is maybe her energy is, is in such an overwhelm, she's actually grabbing on energetically to the little one instead of vice versa, you know? then what can happen is, is this double bind where inside in the physiology, there's a sense of, I either have you and I connect with you and I abandon myself or I disconnect from my life energy or I connect with me and I don't have you. And this is a terrible inner conundrum. It's basically insolvable because we actually need both to be well. Um, but this is something that's alive in many of our physiologies in many different ways. And it's so fascinating, literally, like when we're journeying, we can go back, you know, through meditation, through constellations work, through, through just somatic work to being curious about that moment of implantation and what that, what, what got templated in our relational space in that moment. Um, but what's also beautiful, as you know, is that because of neuroplasticity, now we can go back and we can work with that and through bringing in a new nervous system, like someone to meet us in that place who is, does, maybe does have more capacity than our mother and who can bring in new felt sense information, we can rewire those places, which I just find so stunningly beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant what you're saying. And it, not only is that, you know, people think, oh, well, the body's just forming, you know, we start out as skin tissue, actually, and then that becomes the spine, and then, you know, we've got the, the brainstem and the, uh, 
midbrain and the neocortex all coming together. And all of those things you're talking about are creating those, those neural pathways Absolutely. in the very beginning. And then we have the trauma of birth, which is a traumatic experience. And then we have maybe a new mother who is scared to death about, you know, doing it right. You know, it doesn't come with a manual and might be having fights with her husband because there's, there's, it also causes breaks in relationship because, you know, if one of the people feels abandoned or something, then that brings up old wounds and then they get in that whole thing. So the whole wiring that we have, but it's really important to recognize that we do through neuroplasticity, we can create new neural paths uh, mm-hmm. to heal those things. And I think that's something that's really important, uh, particularly with trauma, because mm-hmm. trauma is often seen as some kind of indelible disease or mm-hmm. pathology or something that's broken about me. And what I've been able to learn is no, no, it's an intelligence. It's an intelligence that's been evolving for millions of years. You know, in the case of the reptilian brain, 500 million years that that, that um, nervous system has been evolving and that we have uh, uh, such a capacity that we're not aware of in that uh, ability to go to the body and uh, and release the tensions from those early traumas. Maybe you can mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, I love, thank you. I just, yeah. And and this is the interesting thing about relational healing that I, I think is fascinating. There's sort of like two aspects to it. There's sort of like the unwinding of the trauma energy that's stored in the body. So there's the, like the freeze and the flight and the double binds, like we had the shame, you know, that is in the body, the grief, these stories that need to be moved through so that we can come into more safety. And what is beautiful about relational healing is, and lots of healing can also happen just by bringing in the new template, the new experience of relationship. And so, you know, so often in my work, what that looks like is, is in session, it's me and another person or me and a couple or me and a family, because I've been working with parents and children, where we are all coming into presence together, coming into the felt sense, and we're consciously bringing in the felt sense of connection, of safe connection, and then bringing awareness to the felt sense of that. And I, sometimes I think my job is so simple because it's actually that simple, but it becomes complicated because there's so much that comes up in that. But really like the amount of healing that can happen just from going slow and allowing our bodies to feel someone there in a safe, present way just starts to move so many layers of of trauma and story and really allows our body to start to land in the new experience of safety of reciprocity of care and what I think is really powerful about that is that it's actually I always love this part and I always love saying it to people because it's so healing for people when they hear this is it doesn't matter how much trauma we have we all have the healthy blueprint 
for connection. We all have the healthy um, information in our DNA, even if it's like hasn't been lived in many, many generations, it's there. It just needs the right, our bodies need the right experience for it to be activated and for it to turn on and for those neural synapses to form. And so this is where, you know, in my work, it's like, bringing in that new felt sense information, the body starts to reorganize, the neural pathways start to reorganize. Um, and, you know, in constellations work that I do, which is working with systems, I had this just um, to a workshop I did in Nelson a few weeks ago, I had a profound healing and two experiences where I was facilitating. I wasn't even the one representing, I wasn't even the one, but just feeling there were, there was a healing movement where a father was moving towards his daughter with this care and this slowness and this repair energy of, I'm so sorry, I wasn't here. And I felt my whole brain and body completely rewire mm -hmm. to a new felt sense of what what that could be the connection like a repair connection in a way that you know I, I've thought about this lots you know I've spent so much time in this but there was something in the actual felt sense of it that landed so deeply I felt it ripple all the way back in my lineage it was like my body and my mind were like there's the information I needed that I needed that information I needed that felt sense and I just think it speaks to how relational we actually are in our foundation. Yeah. 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 That I just want to underline what you said, slowing down. This has been the hardest as, as a trauma poster child. Yes. <laughs> you know, right. The hardest <laughs> thing for me as yeah. I've been learning this is to slow down and the, the act of presencing you know, being able to bring myself back to, you know, a felt sense and to allow myself to, um, to take the time to be here because trauma is always about trying to get somewhere else, mm -hmm. you know, anywhere but here, you know, mm -hmm. our neuroception, which bypasses the brain, the neuroception is always saying, is it safe? Is it safe? Am I safe? Is it safe? <laughs> and that when we can just be with that feeling of not being safe and allow ourselves to slow down, then that creates inner spaciousness where suddenly things that didn't make sense earlier, we can make sense of those things that didn't make sense. And mm -hmm. that's a big part of the integration is making sense of that which didn't didn't make any sense when it happened that's yeah. right that's right yeah where there was yeah 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 and and thank you for yeah and and you know to speak to another layer of this it's been really cool for me to be a somatic relational um therapist and shaman and doing this work and then to come into conscious partnership and become a mom because i'm getting to really like have the felt sense experience of really deep usness because you know what they say is like it's almost like that's like the closest experience we have of us space is when you have a little newborn and it's so connective and it's so you know merged and so intimate and it's been really interesting for me to feel how in reorienting in being slow in understanding that 
think, because this is something people might not know, when we move into parenting and we have little ones, all of our material, all those imprints from when we were that age are going to arise in our nervous system. And we, and, and, you know, so we'll have a felt sense of it. We won't necessarily know the story. We won't necessarily even know where it's coming from, but it's interesting when we can start to slow down and be like, okay, wait, what was going on for me when I was this age, you know, when I was one, when I was, and sometimes too, our body's telling us a very different story than the story we were told, you know, but again, what's so cool is it's like the physiology brings up these places, which can feel kind of like, whoa, like over, overwhelming on a, on a level. And there's this process of diff first differentiating, like, okay, this is from the past, like you said, around the time, right? Okay, this is my body remembering something from the past, um, but it's helpful information because I can see what, what I lived, like what the, what the imprint is. And then orienting in the here and now to what is safe and resourcing and different now. And sort of this ongoing practice, which I think we all are doing in, in trauma work is how can I orient to what's different? What's healthy what's safe now over and over and over again and what's been really cool for me to realize is that a when you're there when we're little ones our, our nervous system we basically have a shared nervous system with our mom and our dad there is no real differentiation so we're all kind of one big nervous system that's all working together which I feel like this is kind of like the thing about relationship, right? Is like, that could be like, oh gosh, that's in intense. If, if there's intensity going on, that can feel intense that it's like one big nervous system. But at the same time, if we can bring in health, it's like the superpower because suddenly we have three nervous systems that when we start to co-regulate, when we start to notice safety, when we start to slow down and come into connection, that's a lot of oxytocin and dopamine and, and healthy connection. And we can start to rewire into safety. And I think this is sort of what my approach is to healing with people in whatever way is, is how do we start to notice the health that's here? Even if we're also aware, okay, my life is in a lot of survival or, oh, there is a lot of conflict here. And what is here that's a little bit safer? You know, what is here that's a little bit different? And starting to work with that to calm our nervous systems and then, you know, come back into connection. Yeah, that's so true. And there, there's a kind of affinity towards the negativity bias. Yes. which needs to be overridden. Yes. We focus on that, which is not working rather than looking at all the things that, I mean, our whole body, the nervous system, the respiratory system, the digestive system, they're all working without, without our help. They're just yeah, working. That's right. You know? That's right. That's right. And what, you know, I, I've started, well, I've been doing them for a while, but I'm doing live ones now that I'm back in California. I found that doing circle and creating a safe space with, I do it with 15 to 18 people in a circle. And that, you know, all of those nervous systems, when it's in a safe, when people feel connected and safe, I mean, I take them and put them in trios to, to you know, for smaller groups of safety, but to bring them back. But the healing happens so much faster and I suspect, you know, um, that's also your experience in the family constellation work. Maybe you can explain a little bit about 
for people who don't know about mm -hmm. how you place people and how it begins to be a living field uh, mm -hmm. and things are emergent in that field that wouldn't show up without the field. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, and, and even just to say that, yeah, noticing that in my family too, right? It's like how much can heal just in that family nervous system. And then when you start to add village and right, like these, it's like, oh, the amount that a whole circle can hold. And so, yeah, I'll describe constellations first. So in constellations work, what we're doing is we're consciously and intentionally tuning into the morphogenic field. So sort of all of the information that's held in the knowing field in the unseen, but that we can feel like our souls know. And, but, but maybe our conscious awareness is only aware of like a fraction of it. And what we're doing is we're intentionally inviting that energy to come into the field for us to see. And in somatics, we call this making the implicit explicit. So taking what's unseen, but known and making it explicit in the body, in the felt sense. And so how that looks is, is somebody it's not always that it's someone's personal constellation. Sometimes I, I love doing collective constellations or constellations where it's a theme. You know, we, we worked with one, just love, we had love and belonging and we just worked with those energies, you know, not as anyone's specific energy, but just as a general, general, and that those can be so potent and powerful. Um, but typically how it looks is somebody has an intention and based on that intention, we have people in the circle represent different aspects of that intention. So, you know, if their intention is, I want to feel love and I, I am having a hard time feeling love, and I know that this is connected to my mom and my grandma, then maybe we have someone represent them, someone represent love, and someone represent mom, someone represent grandma. And then the representatives come into the center of the circle. And it's just stunningly beautiful. I just always think it's amazing to see how people will just start to channel the energy of that particular person, or sometimes it's a mountain or a river, whatever it is, they start to channel that information. It starts to move through them. And we start to get to see the constellation of how each of those aspects relate with one another. Like, do they move away from each other? Do they move towards and how the the, the, they constellate and relate. Um, and I just always am amazed at how much information comes through, how clear the information is. And also you really get the felt sense in constellations, which is what I love about it, is how no part of anything is ever se separate. It's always affecting and influenced by everything. You really see that in constellations. Like if one thing is feeling this that is impacting everything else and the second anything moves in the constellation that changes everything so it really breaks down any of these ideas that we have that we're sort of just an individual doing our individual thing it's like really shows you in in felt sense form how connected we all are yeah you know yeah. i had some really good teachers in systems thinking early on and i was really uh, I'm, I'm still really interested in systems thinking, but in constellation work, it's systems feeling. Uh-huh. Ooh, I like that. System thinking. And, and so it becomes an embodied experience, which is where I think the magic, because you can think about systems thinking and, oh, how that part is connected to this part and how it might affect it. But that's very different than feeling in your body 
and actually being moved by the energy in the field. Uh, I, I know to some people it sounds really woo-woo, but it's, yeah. it's magic. It's like magic. Oh, yeah. But it's really something that we can attune to. Like when we walk into a room, our neuroception is saying, is it safe? Is it not safe? We're already scanning the room and feeling for safety. And you know, if it's safe, we're more likely to go in. And if it's not, we'll, we'll sit in the back row. But Constellations takes it to, I don't know anything that does it in such an embodied way of understanding mm -hmm. the idea of field and uh, an embodied field and yeah. how it moves. Yeah. yeah. And also what I have found really profound about Constellations is um, I've done it now with, I've done, I've put on many Constellations and, um, you know, with everyone from someone who's like a psychic medium, you know, or someone who's a like someone who's very proficient at feeling the field to someone who's never been to a workshop before, like any of this is totally new, you know, they go in there and they're like, I don't think I'm going to get anything. And they always do. And they always do get information. And I feel like what this is showing is you know, we've kind of had this individualistic idea that like some of us are in tune with this stuff and some of us aren't and these kinds of stories, right? Again, separation. But what you see is that no, across the board, everybody is able to do it. Um, and, and it expresses different based on in each individual, but everybody is able to feel the field. And um, that in itself can be really profound to watch people kind of deconstruct their stories about that. That's you know? right. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. mentioned explicit. Um, and one of the things I wanted to bring into the conversation was the distinction between implicit and explicit memory, because mm -hmm. they are very, very different. Implicit memory being often up till three, or some people would say up as much as six or seven. Uh, but the memory that we don't have an actual memory, that it's an, a memory that's in us. So when we get triggered in a trauma, it always seems like it's what's happening now. Yes. So it's a lot harder to track than an explicit memory. Oh yeah, I was six, I was riding my bike, I fell down, someone came and helped me and gave me a donut, I was happy, you know, mm -hmm. and I felt loved. Mm -hmm. but, mm -hmm. You know, yeah. so talk about that how that shows up in the constellation too yeah um, yeah there's two different ways yeah how it comes up in constellations and what a place where this is like so key is in couples work because oh, yeah. you know in couples work we everyone can get so in their head about it's because you didn't take the garbage out or it's because but it's like you know often it's just in a bunch of implicit patterns pinging off of one another but nobody even knows that right but yeah like you know, to give a story, an example of implicit memory is, you know, um, for me, I, I remember I used to talk about this feeling and I would project it onto different things. And I, I would, I would literally do this movement with my body. I'd say, I just have this feeling like I can't get out and I'm like stuck and I just want to get out. And I was, you know, would tell this thing. And, um, and then I found out that, you know, I got stuck when I, in my birth, and I was stuck for a really long time. And literally my body was telling the story, you know, over and over and over, but ascribing it to, it's like my essay that's due at school or it's, you know, like these different things. And it's fascinating because 
it's, I don't, it's, it's most of the patterns that play out in our life. They are already inlaid in our bodies by 18 months of age. And then everything that happens for the rest of our life is mostly those patterns playing out with like little smatterings of, you know, maybe some new things. Um, but especially patterns that keep playing out, those are, those are early, early patterns. And it's interesting because that means that our most foundational patterns are also implicit. So we don't have the information and then we're kind of relying on other people. But the interesting thing about implicit memory is our body knows, our body knows, you know, and the way that this shows up in constellations, for example, is someone will come in and tell the story, you know, like this is the story in my family and this is how it is. And then when you place the representatives and they are following more the um, implicit, they're following the deeper feeling in the field a different story will start to emerge. But what I always think is fascinating is it's like a different layer of the story, let's say, but the person whose constellation it is, when they start to see it explicitly, they're like, whoa, that's so true. Like a part of them knew that story, but they couldn't have put it into words or they couldn't have named it, but it's, 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 um, it's known. You know, Bert Hellinger says the soul knows the soul knows, and there's this process of the consciousness that we are. Um, but, you know, we start to see the, uh, the the story that actually lives in our body. You know, a really common one for people is, oh, my mom said her pregnancy was really great and the birth was really great and everything happened really great. But then when we tune into their body, their body's telling us a different story. You know, their body's telling us like, oh, I was overwhelmed and oh, like that was scary. And oh, I didn't like that. And we start to, oh, okay, there's a different story that the body is wanting to share. And part of the healing is how do we start to make room for that story yeah. and, and allow that energy to move and essentially make space for, and I, I think this is for me, like the full circle back to like, how do we come back into relationship is in relationship, we need to make space for um, the different experiences, right? Like the different stories and, and really that, um, how often what happens is, is the baby's story, the baby's felt sense story isn't heard, isn't held, there's not room made for it. And the baby's story can be very different from the story of the mom and the dad. And, the, you know, yeah, I have an example I'll, I'll, I'll share with you about this, you know, yeah. in my 70s, right? And, um, and as I've shared with you, but we'll share with some of my listeners know that uh, my wife was murdered 41 years ago. Yeah. The person, uh, even though the police knew it was them and uh, the person got off because it was a hung jury. And for 41 years, he's been on the street. Just last month, they finally arrested him again, had the DNA. And finally, after 41 years, he was put in jail. Well, afterwards, all this emotion came up. I went basically crazy for three days, but consciously crazy. I was <laughs> nice. crying. I was upset. Con when I say consciously crazy, I stayed mm -hmm. in my body. Yeah. And I had been looking at, well, who will I be when I'm not who I was? And that was the question I was kind of had been living into. And who I was was always feeling like I had to defend myself 
because there this there was no solution and people had gossiped. Okay. You know, he he's the one who killed and and spread rumors. And I went through all of this, and I just fell apart. Mm -hmm. And so I just let myself go crazy for three three days. I was crying and beating on the pillow, but I just stayed in my body. And then there was this point where I I felt myself go like this. Mm -hmm. And I went, that's weird. What is that? And I realized it had nothing to do with my wife's murder. It was from abuse as a baby, an intense yeah. memory of protecting myself in the crib. And all of a sudden, this space opened up and I could make sense of what happened back then uh -huh. because I felt what happened then. And it allowed me to release the tension around that you know, mother wound that I had. Mm -hmm. And it was literally like that, um, mm -hmm. which I, which, you know, I've been doing this work for a long time and, you know, mm -hmm. there's other things. So it's never over. This work no. is never over. And so, as long as there's trauma anywhere, there's trauma here. Yeah. 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 Thank you for sharing. Yeah. And I, I had this feeling like I wanted to share an example of an imprint because I'm using this word, but like, you know, an imprint, like I'll, I'll share, you know, an imprint. I, I did a constellation with a woman and the, you know, what was playing out in her life was that she was, um, uh, had health issues where she couldn't like get the nutrients from her food and she wasn't getting nourished. And there was always this depletion in her system. And when we did a constellation, um, which, it, it started to suss out a story from when she was in the womb. And it was so fascinating because the way that that showed up is we actually had somebody represent the womb and someone represent her as a baby. And what the womb showed is that the womb was actually holding back nutrients from the baby because the womb wasn't getting enough, like the mother wasn't getting enough care and nutrients. And so the story came out that the mother at that time was caring for her in-laws um, and was you know from another culture and was under a lot of pressure and um, was overwhelmed and so her system was in a state of depletion and overwhelm and what the body will do is the body will never compromise the mom's life to care for the child because that would be counterintuitive so it'll withhold um, nutrition or withhold things from the baby to make sure the mom has enough to basically sustain both lives. Mm -hmm. But then this had become this imprint in her body, right? Of now I'm walking around the planet, I'm walking around and now there is food and there is sustenance, but my body is still in the memory of when there wasn't enough. And so it's actually not allowing that in. And then it's crazy, right? Then, then this person then um, ended up you know, creating or that imprint created experiences over and over and over and over and over that sort of proved that to her, right? Like that the world wasn't going to meet her needs. Um, but just like you, it's like when that when that implicit becomes explicit, suddenly now she could relate with it different. Suddenly now she can be like, oh, this is my the story from when I was in the womb and start to place that, you know, one of the classic somatic words that I'm often saying to people is like yeah that happened to you when you were a baby and starting to place it you know where it where it belongs in in time so and then starting to orient towards and what's here now what's happening now 
you know, like, and really helping the body, the nervous system start to notice those places. But when we have these imprints operating and we don't know they're there, we don't have a felt sense of them. We don't, then, then it's really hard for that healing to happen because we're kind of just in them. They're sort of driving, they're driving. They feel like they're happening now and we can't make sense of them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you mentioned um, you were doing a workshop on love and belonging. Mm -hmm. and, um, I think that's a really interesting uh, area when you think of it from a place of trauma. Oh, one thing I wanted to say, that scarcity is a very common. If, you, oh, yeah. if you're feeling a lot of scarcity next to separation, that's the next biggest yes. um, of being in trauma. There's not enough money. There's not enough men. There's yeah. not enough women. There's not enough shoes, whatever. There's just yes. not enough. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's right. Yes. <laughs> So, yes. but yes. this about um, belonging, you know, there's, there's a tension between becoming mm. and belonging, becoming being, okay, I'm here mm -hmm. now. I want to evolve. I want to grow. I want to be on a spiritual path. And then I have a partner or it could be a whole family that if I do this, I'll be abandoned. Mm -hmm. If I grow outgrow my family or outgrow my partner, then I have this fear of abandonment. So I suppress myself uh -huh. in order to belong. And yeah. so I think that's a big part of this area of, you know, love for me is is the um, absence of fear. It's the it's the deep presencing or spaciousness that comes from, you know, I'm here. I'm here with you. So, you know, that's the mm -hmm. sense of love, but this dynamic of the tension between those two is always going on with us in relationships. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, thank you for naming that. And really, ultimately, I think that this is what, on a bigger, grander scale, we're trying to sort out as, hu as a humanity exactly. is how do we allow each individual sovereignty but also still like a sense of belonging and group cohesiveness and, you know, and, and it, it can become quite complex. I've been learning a lot about this. And one of the things that is, if it's okay, I speak to this is one of the learnings from constellations work is it's this fascinating dance of like belonging in a way is it's both belonging to self and belonging to a system, right? And in a way, the dance of belonging is we have to be willing both to like um, care for the wellness of the system and the relationship itself, but we also need to be willing to risk exile or betrayal right. to belong to something deeper in ourselves. But this is what's interesting is when, when we're listening to a call that is bigger than ourselves, but is also of ourselves, there's a, a greater wisdom to life, right? Like the way systems heal is somebody in the system feels their sovereignty and goes, oh, like this part of the system doesn't feel good for me. I'm actually going to risk exile. I'm going to actually take myself into exile. I'm going to betray the agreements and I'm going to say, hey, I, I don't agree to that. Um, and I'm going to embody this. And then that is the invitation to the system itself, whether it's going to adjust and expand to, and grow to kind of re-meet or not. 
you know um but it's interesting because in this way there's kind of this constant dance between um belonging to self and other and sort of the risking both but then it's interesting because when we do that we're actually in service to something greater you know it's almost like exactly. if we're not willing to risk then we're also letting the circle itself down too because the circle actually needs each of us to listen to that deeper belonging and actually serve something something bigger you know lots of terrible things have happened on the planet because people weren't listening to that place you know and likewise just to say i also think though that here in the west we're suffering from everyone's in exile yeah. <laughs> like i think we've gone way too individualistic like we've gone way too um i'm on my island and i'm just gonna do all my work here and uh, you know we're all in exile and it's like but we can't actually be well in that so now how do we start to value the relational space how do we start to value the good of the whole how do we start to not with not losing ourselves in it but seeing that we can't not be yeah so much there's so much in what you just said okay <laughs> um, just, yeah oh so that person who steps out has the courage to step out and listen to that inner guidance that actually can be a catalyst for healing not only the family system but the ancestral system and what's yeah. been handed down for generation after generation so that's an amazing thing and i love talking about the sovereignty but i i it needs more definition mm. so people hear sovereignty and you just mm -hmm. mentioned uh individualism sovereignty is not individualism mm -hmm. part of the issue is particularly in the west the rugged individual or the romantic individual that keeps us more separate so there's this whole um when we're talking about sovereignty um it's it's it is listening to that soft very quiet voice that has is trying to get our attention but if we're not still we don't hear that voice and so we do need to individuate that's different than individualism yeah. individuate is stepping into sovereignty and yeah. that you know that kind of higher knowing and trust in the knowing that's coming through and having the courage to move with it in spite of the possibility of being in exile from mm -hmm. family yeah mm -hmm. yeah and just to further that that place where you're differentiating those two you know like individuating and coming into our sovereignty it looks like this is my essence and this is what my essence brings to the circle and you know our individuality where we've gotten hyper individualistic is i don't need anybody i can do it all myself you know, um, I, I, I don't need to lean on anyone. I've got this, you know, this kind of energy and, you know, individual, that individual hyper individualism, it, it really, the roots of that are trauma. It's, it's where, you know, we've, we've ended up 
um, being able to, on some level, find a way to be connected to ourselves. But again, it's like we know health because we're able to be connected to self and other. And if we're too connected to self and not connected to other or too connected to other, not connected to self, it's that this is trauma. This is this distortion. You know, it's a dance. But it's like, can we be fluid in that? Or are we getting really hyper stuck in one or the other? And then this is where it's like, okay, there's there's trauma here. And as a culture, this is a collective trauma that is is being carried and being kind of fed to us specifically too in this in the spiritual world. There can be such an idea of like, do all the work yourself, sit on your meditation cushion, you know, and not to deny that that's not helpful. But I also think we have to deconstruct so many of these traditional cultural practices that are ancient. They were, they come from a culture where people were living communally and they were getting enough togetherness. But we here in this culture, we are in a very particular cultural trauma <laughs> that those practices aren't addressing because those are traumas of this time and this place. So we really have to start to unravel and get clear about how much we need that relational space to be well. Yeah. And also we don't have any rites of passage. We don't have any, any way that people actually step, step into that, you know, not only just the community, but that sense of being seen by the community. Now you're an adult. And this is what is both expected, but uh, both the blessing that you get by going through that rite of passage or, or ritual or whatever it is that many indigenous and shamanic societies have, of course, right. all done that. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I'm wondering if we should talk about some of the sacred, sacred um, mischief that we're thinking of creating. Oh yeah. 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 I like those. I like those words. That's good. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so, um, well, uh, I'm also a five rhythms teacher and have been for many, many decades now, uh, involved in the five rhythms and, um, and you do the constellation work and I do the circle work. And so we're thinking of doing a collaboration of, bringing these together in a both an online series and looking at you know creating something that's also a live workshop so maybe you could talk about your idea and we'll just talk mm -hmm. about that for a couple of minutes to give some people something to to know about what's going to be happening yeah I mean for me um the way that constellations are wanting to work through me is Yes, like working with the ancestry, working with the family, but I also am just so curious about just constellations and I've been doing this just constellations as working with any energy or any experience on the planet and seeing when we add this or we experience this, how does that shape a circle? How does that shape a system? And so what I'm fascinated by is um, with the dancing with the five rhythms is getting curious about how each of these rhythms, how do they shape a field? How do they shape an experience in a, in a system, in a family system, in an internal system? And also this curiosity of, you know, the more we come into our bodies, the more we bring in movement, the more that we are experiencing our bodies in that way, how it helps us attune to the field in a certain way. Because, you know, it's fascinating. You can tune into the knowing field from a really traumatized place and you're going to attune to different layers or frequencies than you will if you're tuning in for more of a healthful um 
balanced place. And I, I've been curious about this place of we, we, we want to tune into the field and really feel what's there, but we also want to do it in a way that is as healthful as possible, because that's also what supports the health in the system to organize. And yeah. I feel like this is what the the five rhythms can support and brings and embodies. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it's it's beautiful to bring the two systems together because the five rhythms are actually maps of consciousness, uh, but they're more than just that. They're, there's five rhythms. Gabrielle Roth created this back in the 60s. And, um, and when you go through the rhythms, it's, it's first of all, the emotional field. We look at the emotional field. Then the stages of life, birth, childhood, puberty, adult, um, and death. And, and then the ways of perceiving um being loving uh seeking knowing healing uh and then what aspect of the self you know the body the heart the mind the soul and spirit and so when we bring those together um and we're talking about mapping uh uh through each say flowing i get to i get to experience the fear that uh, and how to ground that fear and how it moves in me and how it moves in a, in a constellation or staccato. That's the uh, expressing of the anger and the passion that wants to come through me. And, and uh, chaos is um, uh, sadness and resolving the, the um, uh, separation between the masculine and feminine. So the, the element is water there. So it dissolves contradiction between the masculine and feminine. And then the lyrical is, uh, is about finding maturity, but also a kind of light, joy, uh, uh, lightness. And then stillness is really about compassion. So we're looking at combining these in a, in a magical kind of um, theater in a way, uh, but a constellation <laughs> coming together. And then we'll be doing that yeah. too. So I am so excited about that, Courtney. I'm really I love you and I love working with you. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it, we're on our creative edges with this. Yeah. And that's what I love. Like when constellations came to me and it was really clear, the field was like, this is something you're going to be doing. And it just sort of keeps moving through me. It really has shown me like this being creative with it and bringing it into different ways and experiences and for it to be sort of like a template of experiencing consciousness in many, in many different ways. And so um, it just feels like a really clear yes in me. And then I'm curious how the field will want to work with it, you know, like how it will say, you know, this is how these these can merge and you know even everything you named like we could literally do a constellation for someone where we just map each of those we could say okay this person represents this you know the masculine and feminine like and each one and then each representative will start to report for that person what's alive in that aspect of their energy you know and um yeah there's so much there's so much we could do yeah, and it's and, and and the intention is really to deepen our ability to embody this this work because that's really the key. Is first we need safety. Second, we need to go to the body. You don't heal trauma with talk therapy. You can have good relationships and 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 understanding, but 
and understanding in some senses the booby prize. We need the body. We need yeah. to know what's happening in the body. And so uh, I think this is going to be a really unique and exciting uh, contribution to the field. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah and really too, the, la the other thing I want to say about that, what I love about Constellations is, you know, it's one thing to be with your own field and your own material, but so much healing comes for people in representing in someone else's constellation you know like that happens all the time where people are like i just had the most profound experience representing this in you know and there's always a reason we are asked to represent different aspects too like the field organizes it that way i i am in awe every time of like whoa like it's crazy that that person happened to be here and then that's who got picked to you know it's just like fascinating how it organizes and it, again, it's that, it's that felt sense experience of different places in the circle and different experiences in the systems just helps heal us so much in ways that words could never, never touch. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. so beautiful. You are so beautiful and I am yeah. so excited and happy to spend this time and to be creating, creating this. And yeah. Uh, me so, too, Michael. It's felt so good too. Like, I just love how, how masterful you are in this area. It's just made it really comfortable and beautiful to share about this and to create because there's so much resonance and just thanks for creating such a, a safe space to, for yeah. me to, and to meet you in. And the same for you. I'm, I always feel just like when you do a group, I, I feel your arms around everyone and your heart mm. in the middle. And it's, mm. uh, it's just lovely. Mm. So mm. anyway, more to come. Courtney yeah. Rand is just awesome. And <laughs> we will be uh, doing some sacred mischief and uh, sharing it with you soon. So yeah. much love to you, my dear. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>